As we uh, go on in the message today, I'm going to wrap up where I, I started last week. I wanted to share with you the, about the eagle. The, the eagle is, is such a tremendous bird, and, and God has created him not just for the beauty that we can enjoy him, but to teach us lessons about who we can be in Christ through the illustration of what is going on in the life of the eagle. And I shared with you last week, I, I preached this message before, I preached it and people have come up to me afterwards and said, would you come to my church and preach that and everything? The neat thing about it is you never quit learning, even this week, because when I re-preach a message I've done before, I go back through and study it and I found a whole new verse that I had never seen before that this is the only time that one of the characteristics of the eagle is actually described in the scriptures. And so we will get to that pretty quick here. But I just thought, man, God just keeps teaching me more and more and solidifying it in the realms of scripture of who he is and what he's wanting to do with us. So I will invite you to turn to Isaiah. We'll start where we started last week just to remind ourselves that Isaiah wrote to this, this group of folks that uh, they were in captivity. They didn't have the freedom that they wanted. But God was still in their midst. God was doing things. He uses the tough times in life to teach us things. And he didn't try, the, uh, the, the, the prophet didn't try to rouse them up out of their defeatism. But he just reminded them of who God was in their presence. Look at Isaiah chapter 40 beginning with verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He is the God of time and space. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. We will never get it all with our finite minds. But we will keep studying because He will keep revealing to us day by day through His Word and by His Spirit how wonderful He is. Verse 29, He gives power to the faint and to those who have no might, He increases strength. I hope that encourages you. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And remember we talked about last week, waiting doesn't mean sitting down and folding your arms and kicking back and saying, okay God, I'm going to wait on you. No, that's not what it means. Waiting is a Hebrew word that says that you and he are so involved with each other in this waiting process that your lives begin to intertwine as you learn more and more about Him through prayer and, and Bible study and, and fellowship with other believers and to where it, we begin to just look more and more like Jesus every day because of His transforming work that's going into us. We're not doing the changing. He is doing the changing. Now, last week I gave you four characteristics of the eagle, and we related them to Scripture. Test time. All right, let's see what you remember. What do you remember? What do you remember about the eagle? He was built for flight. He was built for flight. His 
bones are, and feathers are constructed in such a way he literally catches the wind and, and flies without having to flap his wings and get it going. Uh, and the scripture verse that that teaches us about our relationship with him, I find in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, that we are more than conquerors. No matter what is thrown at us, we are more than conquerors. We were built to be conquerors, not in our own power, but in His power in how He's making us. What else did we learn about the eagle? He's built for rest. He's built for, for repose. Uh, the more he relaxes, the tighter his grip gets on the, the branch or the rock or the tree limb he's, he's uh, seated, seated on. And they, they even think that eagles are able to lock their wings on the soar and fly and sleep at the same time. And I just think that is absolutely so cool. And God uses that to illustrate to us that there is a Sabbath rest that He has established for us that He wants us to cease from our works and to rest in Him and let Him do the work through us. And it's a Sabbath rest. And, and in Hebrews chapter 4, 9-11, through 11, we get that. And it's, especially it says, strive to enter into that rest. Work at it. Uh, seek it. And allow it to become part of who you are. The next thing we learned about the eagle was he was built for the, the storm. No other bird is that way. But he hears the storm before it's even coming and he heads into the wind of the storm and lets the storm winds lift him to heights to where he becomes above the storm. And 1 John 4, 4 says that he that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And when the storms of life come, let them take us higher as we relate to God and understand He is greater. He's greater than me. He's greater than the devil. He's greater than you. He's greater than anybody else. He is the strongest and the best. And He will take us through the storms of life so that we begin to see things more from His perspective rather than our perspectives. And then what was the last one we looked at last week? Yeah, we... The eagle is formed and born and built for a solitary life. Now, there are flocks of eagles that, that happen to be in pictures, and you will see them sometimes 40 or 50, but they're paired up. And the whole point is this. The eagle gets his her mate, not from the, the group, and, and the church is important, and the body of Christ is very, very important because we're to encourage one another good, to love and good deeds, but our strength does not come from each other. Our strength comes from the Lord. John fifteen five says, If you abide in me and I abide in you, you can do something because without me, you can do nothing. Sometimes we get confused that this is our strength. No, this is our fellowship and this is our time to encourage one another. Are you walking with Christ? He is your source of strength. 
He is your source of wisdom. And so that, that's really important for us to, to catch. And you're going to see that in a minute as we go on. I've got three characteristics I want us to look at today. And the first one is this. The eagle is trained to be who he is by discipline. The eagle is trained by discipline. And this is the new truth I found this week. I've read that passage of Scripture before, and for some reason I never saw it, and I found it this week. I'm going to take you on over to it. Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy. And in verse 11 of chapter 32, you're going to see one verse that's going to describe what I'm about to describe for you in a little bit more detail. Deuteronomy 32 verse 11 says this, Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions. That is a scriptural description of the discipline that an eagle goes through in learning to fly. Now, the eagle is an impressive bird, and the the largest nest that's ever been discovered, this blows me away. But it was found in Florida. The nest was nine and a half feet wide, 20 feet deep, and weighed slightly under three tons, nearly 6,000 pounds. That's not in an apartment those eagles were living in. That was a mansion. That's the largest one that's ever been discovered. But when eagles build their nest, they will get twigs and branches and bones and they will weave them together. And they usually build their nest on a rock ledge or high in a tree someplace where it is really safe and secure. And then when it becomes time for the eagles to mate and begin to bear young, they will make sure that that nest is super lined with all sorts of soft, fluffy stuff. (laughs) They get fur and fuzz and lint and everything else they can get in order to build this soft, furry, fuzzy nest. And then she lays her eggs and she sits on her eggs and then they hatch and then... Daddy goes and gets the meat and brings it back and she feeds the young and it's one happy family. Until one day, Mama Eagle says, it's time. And all of a sudden, the mother eagle will begin to take her talons and begin to just scratch in the nest and flip out all the soft, warm, fuzzy stuff. Until all that's left are branches and bones and sticks that I can almost hear the conversation between the eaglet and mama. Mama, you're getting a little overzealous here on the housekeeping here. (laughs) You used to be kind of comfortable in the nest and now it's 
Matter of fact, it's real uncomfortable. It just, every time I sit down, it, it hurts. It's, a stick is sticking me. <laughs> and what does the little eaglet do? It'll get up on the edge of the nest and continue the conversation with mom and say, what is going on? And she says, you'll see. And she walks over to the edge of the nest and goes, boop. And the little eaglet begins to drop. And then mother eagle will take off and swoop down and get right under the eaglet before it's too late. And as Deuteronomy said, catch that eaglet on her wings. And she then soars on the wind and comes up high. And the conversation continues. Wow, Mom, that was close, but thanks. And she says, you're welcome. And she'll dip her wings and the eaglet will fall and the mother will repeat it and she'll swoop down and catch and soar, and they go through this conversation over and over again until at one dropping point the little eaglet says, I've had it, I give up. And when that eaglet extends his or her wings, they were built to fly. And just the extension of the wings the wind is caught and the eaglet comes up and says, I understand now. I understand. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1, very familiar to us. We know what follows it probably, but we don't like to read it as much because we like the other one, the first part of the chapter better. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured for sinners from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. It is for Discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children 
and not sons. Just like the eagle is trained by discipline to be the bird that God has created that eagle to be, so He disciplines us when we come to know Him as Savior and we make Him Lord and we are His adopted children. He disciplines us to develop us and to transform us into what He intended us to always be. Now, there's a big difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment says, that's wrong, don't do it again. Discipline says, that's wrong, don't do it again, and let me show you how to do it right. That's discipline. And it hurts when he says, that's wrong, don't do it anymore. But then he puts his arms around us and says, and let me show you. Let me show you. Think about my son. Read the gospel accounts. Look how he lived his life as an illustration for you. And by my love, by my spirit, I will discipline you and I will train you to walk like you were made to walk, to live like you were made to live. So it says, don't don't take it lightly. Don't get weary when you're reproved. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves. And if you're not being disciplined by the Lord, according to this verse, you're not believers. You're illegitimate children. You're pretending to be a Christian, but you're not. He disciplines His children. So don't get upset with Him when He disciplines you. Embrace it. Because He is training you and equipping you to be who He wants you to be. The second characteristic I want to mention today is, and I love this about the eagle, the eagle is also built to impart strength to those who need it. Uh, Turn over to Philippians And put your finger in there on chapter 4 and we'll come back to that. But let me talk to you about how the eagle imparts strength. This mighty bird that basically they mate for life and they, they go in mates and everything. And yet they are always sensitive to the rest of the eagle population. And when an eagle is on the soar, when he's on the flight and his, as he's going over a territory, such keen eyes that can see so fabulously clear. If he spots another eagle that's on the perch or on a rock ledge, he can sense if that eagle is struggling and if there's something wrong with that other eagle. And immediately he will circle and he will come back to that struggling eagle And he will dive bomb that eagle wherever it is residing and literally just barely brush his feathers against that eagle's feathers. And he will do that time 
and time again, in essence to say, you weren't made to live here. You were made to be up here with me. And later on, if if that doesn't work, the eagle will literally come and like a helicopter, absolutely hover over that eagle, fanning it with, with his wings and causing the wind to stir against that sick or injured eagle. Saying again, listen, strength comes in what you are by your Creator and you were made to soar and that eagle will do everything he can to impart strength to the one who is struggling. We were built for a solitary life with Christ who gives us our strength and we are commissioned and charged with helping the body of Christ when we are struggling and we all struggle. I struggle at times and you all have been an encouragement to me when I've had those tough days. You've been there and you've imparted strength to me by just reminding me who I am in Christ. And I hope I've imparted strength to you. I hope I've been able to encourage you to say, man, you are a child of God if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I want you not to stay on the perch. I want you to fly. No, I want you to soar on wings like eagles. Look what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Chapter 4, verse 19. And my God will supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God says, listen, what you need I will impart to you and I will impart to you through Jesus Christ so that you can impart it to others. Because it says in verse 13 of the same chapter, you know it well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The eagle was built to impart strength when others were suffering or needing an encouraging word. And that's part of who we are as the family of faith getting all of our source from that solitary life. Jesus is the source of our strength that we share. And the last characteristic is that the eagle is not content to dwell on the earth. Not content to dwell on the earth. Go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Put your finger there. We'll get to it in just a moment. The eagle is the happiest when he's flying. The eagle is not really happy on the roost, in the nest. (laughs) It's when he's flying. Because that's what he was built to do. Matter of fact, the higher he flies, the more rarefied the air, where the eagle is the only bird that can reach those kind of heights, he finds his greatest joy, not on earth, 
but in the sky. Because that's what God said. I created you, Mr. Eagle, Mrs. Eagle, to be is a soarer. Don't be content to live with the turkeys. But to soar with the eagles. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord is. What the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Why are we so afraid of the Holy Spirit? And let's admit it, most of us are. Because we don't understand the Holy Spirit. We, we're fearful of what might happen if we really let the Holy Spirit take control of us. We might become a weirdo. We might do something that's unusual. That's not going to maybe happen. It will happen. I'll guarantee you. Now, you may not be a weirdo, but you will be different. Now, the eagle doesn't forsake the earth. But he's not content to be here. When you become a believer, earth is not your home. (laughs) Heaven is. And you won't be content here, but you are left here for a purpose. And it says, understand what the will of the Lord is. And get that last verse, and be filled with the Spirit. How do you get filled with the Spirit? You confess known sin and you simply ask the Spirit to come and cleanse you and forgive you of that sin that Jesus has already paid the penalty for and to inhabit your very being with His Spirit, with His might, with His strength. Go to Galatians. Chapter 5 again. And I hope this is encouraging to you. Verse 16. Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Listen, we all struggle with sin. But when we learn to be filled with the Spirit, and we learn to walk by the Spirit... We will no longer gratify the sins of the flesh, the life of the flesh. And so many of you that I've talked with have said, I really want to do some of these things, but I'm just struggling and I'm struggling. Let the Spirit help you and surrender to Him and say, live in me as I confess my sin to you and empower me so that I don't walk in the ways of the world, but I walk in the Spirit, and then we become useful to impart the strength to those who are struggling or who need to know about Christ and to teach them to soar as only the Father can do it and He does it through us. Listen, 
The key to it is the Spirit. God created us. Jesus has made it possible for us to come into relationship. And it is the Spirit that He has sent to us, one just exactly like Jesus, to give us the power and the strength to do it. Those eagles, when they spread their wings and they soar, they don't need to flap their wings much because they soar on the wind that represents the Spirit. And the wind carries them. And the older we get, the better it gets. I really believe that. I love... Let me give you some quotes. I wrote them down. We'll have them on the screen here. The first one is from John Wesley. If I can get this out here. He... He made this statement when he was 82 years old. I bless God that I am never tired of my work, yet I'm often tired in my work. By the blessing of God, I can say more. I am never tired in my work. From the beginning of the day or the week or the year to the end, I do not know what weariness means. I love that. He said... I never get tired in my work, but sometimes I get tired in my work. And no, the more I think about it, I don't even get tired in my work because God just keeps infusing me with strength and power and vision and wisdom of what He wants me to do. And He's promised to do it through me. I love that. These next two quotes, uh, I'm not sure who said them, but I've referenced where I found them. But listen to these two quotes. Many ordinary Christians, too, discover that when they move swiftly, absorbed in their work, they have themselves in better control than when they slacken their pace. You know the illustration. You know it to be true. A big ship, a big vessel, is turned the easiest at full throttle rather than at half throttle. Because the momentum is moving it. Be like John Wesley. Just lose yourself in being a believer in Jesus Christ and trusting Him and and let Him empower you and turn you and change you. Listen to this last quote. Those who run upon God's purposes are more sensitive to His guidance than the mass of Christians who stroll It is the loiterers that go astray. And I found that to be true. The hit and miss prayers, the hit and miss Bible readers, the hit and miss attendees, the hit and miss people who get involved in ministry occasionally, they often struggle because they just can't get any momentum going. But the folks who say every day, I'm reporting for duty and I'm going to have a relationship with Christ. I'm going to fellowship with Him and I'm going to speak life to people wherever I go, at my job, at my school, in my neighborhood, where I'm doing recreation. And they're just moving and looking and saying, God, I'm here, I'm available and I want to just be who you want me to be. They are the folks that just absolutely, folks look forward to being in their presence. Because they say, this person is different. And I find strength when I'm around them because they encourage me. Believer, I charge you, I challenge you, I encourage you. 
Don't be a loiterer. Don't stroll along saying, well, God's good. Praise God, I'm going to heaven when I die. Get up and say today, not by my power, not by my strength, but by the power of the Lord, I'm going to live this day for the glory of God. I'm just going to be where He planted me, doing what He's told me to do. And if it's nothing more than cleaning the house and carrying out the trash, I'm going to do it with enthusiasm. Because I'm doing it to the Lord. No matter what you do, do to the glory of the Lord. And watch Him bless you. Here. More than anywhere else. That when you lay your head down on your pillow at the end of a day, you say, this has been a good day as I've soared on wings like eagles. Let's pray. Father, thank You again for the eagle. Thank You how You used the eagle to demonstrate what You did in the life of Israel and what You're doing in the life of believers in this day and age. Help us to capture not beauty of the eagle, but the essence of what the eagle teaches us about what You have designed us to be. And Father, for those sitting here in this room today that don't know You as Lord and Savior, I pray that they'll say, I want that life, and I'm willing to surrender to Jesus, and I want Jesus to come into my life and, and to transform me into what I need to be. And for those who have experienced that lifestyle change, Father, may they be runners for God, not strollers for God. May they get up every day with the vision and the desire to let you discipline us and train us and equip us and empower us by your Holy Spirit to run the race that you set before us to share the gospel, to encourage others, and to bring all glory to your name. Father, in this time of response, would you speak to us? Would you encourage us to do what we need to do for your glory? And I pray this in Christ's name.